this week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we finish Titus with Devoted to Good Works and then move into Ruth with Intro to Ruth, Naomi Prepares to Return to Bethlehem, Ruth's Loyalty, and Call Me No More, Naomi. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendures.org or your favorite podcast provider. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us then confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have not done. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not Savior, your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive 
Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you. And for his sake, he forgives you all your sins. As a called and ordained servant of the word and of his authority, I therefore forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. people on earth.
Lord be with you. Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, you have always given to your church on earth faithful shepherds such as Timothy to guide and feed your flock. Make all pastors diligent to preach your holy word and administer your means of grace and grant your people wisdom to follow in the way that leads to life eternal. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from First Timothy. But as for you, O man of God, flee these things. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I charge you in the presence of God who gives life to all things and of Christ Jesus, who in his testimony before Pontius Pilate made the good confession to keep the commandment unstained and free from reproach until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he will display at the proper time. He who is blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, who alone has immortality, who dwells in unapproachable light, whom no one has ever seen or can see, to him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. said, Therefore stay awake, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore you also must be ready, 
for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Who then is the faithful and wise servant whom his master has set over his household to give them their food at the proper time? Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Truly, I say to you, he will set him over all his possessions. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It was 14 years ago this August that a young pastor, Aaron Philippek, laid hands on my head with these words. Command and teach these things. Let no one despise you for your youth but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. Do not neglect the gift you have, which was given you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. Practice these things. Immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress. Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this, for by so doing you will save both yourself and your hearers. I was 25 at the time, just barely, and I had no idea what these words meant. Pastor Philippek said these because he was young and I was younger, so he felt he had the authority to say them. I think Timothy was younger still. Could Timothy have ever have known what St. Paul meant when he told him to practice these things, to devote himself to the teaching, the preaching? Sure, I'm sure he was excited about that but had no idea the suffering that was laid out for him. You have no idea the suffering laid out for you. You can't know. You cannot know the hardships, the agony of what it is like to be a pastor. Not yet. You know it in theory. You're told about it, the weightiness of the office. But until you bear that cross, 
It's just an idea. It's something that may come, and you can see it on the horizon. You see the culture all around you swirling around as though to take you off and sweep you up with it. But when you start, it's like a marriage. You're excited, blinded. All you see is the love right before your eyes, excited to jump into all that marriage has for you. But it's when you're in it for a while that you realize it is also a place where the cross of God is placed upon your back, where you carry the sorrows and the suffering, the burdens and the hardship that one man and one woman has with and for each other. So it goes with the office. There's an excitement now, and there will be an excitement on that day when our Lord does surround you in the Council of Elders, where they too will place their hands on your heads, and maybe you'll have someone like Pastor Philippic read these words over you. But I can't imagine knowing what these words meant at the time, and I would say only just beginning to learn them now. It is an ongoing task, this office of the Holy Ministry. And you who desire it, desire a noble task. You want what the Lord wants. You desire to serve as He gives you to serve. But what is the image of what the end of that looks like? What is this picture of the good pastor at the end of his life. For many of us, I think it is a successful and peaceful retirement, where we leave a congregation finally, though reluctantly, with everyone still liking us. It may not go that way, but that's our desire. We want a comfortable ministry and an even more comfortable retirement. That's not what St. Paul had in mind. We know that because in his second letter to Timothy, he's able to say these words, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight, and I have finished the race I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but to all who have loved his appearing. He writes these words knowing that his martyrdom is coming. He writes these words knowing that that is the end of what it means to be a good and faithful pastor, to be poured out as a drink offering, to be offered up to God in service to his word, in keeping the faith, guarding that good deposit that the Lord has bestowed upon him. And now he passes that on to Timothy. Timothy also is to guard this good deposit. He is to keep this faith. He is to flee from all those things that would knock him off his course. He's to flee all greed and the love of wealth and riches. He's to flee all those that would herald him as such a good pastor. 
And instead of those, he's to pursue righteousness and godliness and faith and love and steadfastness and peacefulness or patience or gentleness. We are not able to keep one foot in and one foot out. We can't have the joys and the riches of this world while also pursuing those things of the world to come. St. Paul lays this out beautifully. And instead of just sort of tiptoeing between the two, we are to flee, run away, like in a marriage, you run away from any temptation of lust or of any desire for another, but you seek after and you pursue the one the Lord has given to you. So in this holy office, you flee every temptation of the devil. You flee Satan's allurements. You flee the things of this world. And you pursue the one who stands above and over and beyond it all. The one who dwells in unapproachable light, who, for whom no eye has seen nor can see. And yet that's the image. The faithful pastor before us is our Lord Jesus Christ. And he too made the good confession that you will one day at your ordination as well you will promise to uphold this faith until the end. You will promise to preach it faithfully, to guard the good deposit, to pass it on to those that their, their souls may be saved and yours as well. The office of the Holy Ministry will be for many of you the place where your salvation will be sought after. It's there that you will pursue this salvation with every fiber of your being. It is that, it is that righteousness, that faith, that love, that gentleness you are called to be steadfast in. So dear saints of God, pursue it, run after it, pick up your scriptures, intercede for one another daily, Pray that our Lord would grant you faithful kings that may allow you for peace and quietness in this life, and yet do not be surprised that the kings of the world set themselves against you, for they set themselves against our Lord, against the Christ. They will come after you, and in that, fight the good fight. Agonize under the good agony. Suffer the cross with joy. For in the end, you will obtain the salvation of your souls. You will take hold of that eternal life which our Lord has called you into and which he holds before you as the end of all of your striving, all of your preaching, all of your teaching, all of your care and administration of his gifts to his people. That's the end. The end is to be poured out as a drink offering, to be offered up on the cross, to be found together with our Lord Jesus Christ, rejected by men, but upheld by the Father. And on the last day, to attain that crown of righteousness,
that the Lord has laid up for each of you. For those who are not pursuing this particular office, this preaching, this teaching, this administration of the sacraments, pray for your pastors. Strengthen his weak hands. Encourage and ennoble his feeble heart. He is afraid, and he needs your encouragement to carry on, to keep running this race with perseverance. And in so doing, you too, in your vocation, will also save your own soul. For our Lord has placed this salvation in the calling to which he has called you. So strengthen his hands, encourage his heart, and together gather around our Lord Jesus Christ, that faithful pastor that has sent St. Paul and St. Timothy, who has sent me and, God willing, you into that labor of love and be ready. For when he comes, which no one knows, he will reveal the glory that we all desire in the end. In the name of Jesus, amen. amen. prayers have been requested by seminarian Thomas Malmstrom on behalf of his father, the Reverend Eric Malmstrom, as he begins treatment for melanoma. Let us lift up our voices to the God of all grace, who has promised to hear our prayers. For clear vision and courage as the present form of this world passes away and time is shortened, that we may not be ashamed of the gospel, but rather emboldened to proclaim Christ as Savior to a dying world, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, For those who work on our behalf in this world, especially those serving in local, state, and federal government agencies, the men and women in our armed forces, 
diplomats, translators, and support personnel who serve our embassies and consulates around the world, and for those who investigate and protect us from every form of evil, let us, that we may live a peaceful and quiet life, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those undergoing physical suffering, including Eric, that they may find consolation and strength in Christ's healing presence and in his promise never to leave or forsake us, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the lonely, the depressed, and the mentally ill, that Christ's faithful people would reach out to them in loving concern, and that God's never-ending promises may mightily comfort them, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all the saints, including Timothy, let us give thanks to God. For all who live now by faith in the Son of God, that they may follow the example of the blessed saints, live by the same grace of God, and together with them worship God in spirit and truth, both now and into eternity, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Hear us, most gracious Father, for the sake of your beloved Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns to all eternity, now and forever. Amen. Your hearts. Amen. 
us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you. Holy Lord, almighty Father, everlasting God, for you have mightily governed and protected your holy church in which the blessed apostles and evangelists proclaimed your divine and saving gospel. Therefore, with patriarchs and prophets, apostles and evangelists, with your servant Timothy, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, Blessed are you, Lord of heaven and earth, for you have had mercy on those whom you created and sent your only begotten Son into our flesh to bear our sin and be our Savior. With repentant joy, we receive the salvation accomplished for us by the all-availing sacrifice of his body and his blood on the cross. Gathered in the name and the remembrance of Jesus, we beg you, O Lord, to forgive, renew, and strengthen us with your word and spirit. Grant us faithfully to eat his body and drink his blood, as he bids us do in his own testament. Gather us together, we pray, from the ends of the earth, to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb and his kingdom, which has no end. Graciously receive our prayers, deliver and preserve us, to you alone, O Father, be all glory, honor, and worship with the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, 
he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. As often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Amen. Amen. O Lord Jesus. O Lord Jesus Christ, only Son of the Father, in giving us your body and blood to eat and to drink, you lead us to remember and confess your holy cross and passion, your blessed death, your rest in the tomb, your resurrection from the dead, your ascension into heaven, and you are coming for the final judgment. So remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not peace of the Lord be with you always.
blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen and preserve you in body and soul now and unto life everlasting. Go in peace. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious God, our Heavenly Father, you have given us a foretaste of the feast to come in the Holy Supper of your Son's body and blood. Keep us firm in the true faith throughout our days of pilgrimage, that on the day of his coming, we may together with all your saints celebrate the marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom, which has no end. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.